And when COVID broke last year, people were calling it a health crisis. By August, I knew it was a fraud vaccine crisis. And now is the time to take on the fraud within CDC, NIH. They're going to do the cabal, as I call it, where they actually use human beings as guinea pigs for vaccinations. Let's, let's just give us your story. Give us your background about your life before you got the vaccine. And, and as I understand it, you're not in the clinical trials? No, I am not. Okay. So let, let's, just, let's just talk about your life before the COVID vaccine. Sure. I was a very healthy 45-year-old woman. Um, I've been in healthcare administration for 20-plus years. Uh, me and my husband donated many hours to nonprofits here in the New Orleans area. We were very active. We did black tie events. Um, we did outdoors. We fished. We hunt. Just an all-around gal, you know. And um, mm -hmm. on January the 5th, I took my vaccine as soon as it rolled out for healthcare workers. Um, I had lost loved ones to COVID. I'm my sorry. parents are not in good health. Mm -hmm. And being exposed as many times as I was working in the healthcare, I thought this was my saving grace. Now, I did no research before I went and got my injection. And that is totally my fault. You know, I'll be the first one to admit, I listened to what I saw in the media. I listened to our leaders and I thought that this was safe. So I took my lunch break on January the 5th. I drove to my local hospital and I took my vaccine. Um, which, I was, which one did you take? I took the Pfizer. Okay. So you I had to get Pfizer. two shots. I'd never made it to the second one. No. What um, happened? About two hours after I got vaccinated, I got a really bad headache. And I, I kind of thought that was normal. I was not giving any signs and symptoms from the hospital as to what to expect. They didn't send me with any paperwork. Um, so I kind of thought that was normal. Did they tell uh, did they, at the time that you got the shot, did, did, did they tell you there could be side effects? My consent forms that I signed are actually for the inactive influenza vaccine that I was given. Say that five, again? Yes. The hospital that I went to apparently just used the influenza form that they had prior to giving vaccines. And they went and changed a lot of the wordings that to say COVID. But very important information right in the middle said that I was given signs and symptoms from the FDA by the inactive influenza vaccine did they write it or was it typed it, i mean it was typed it was you could clearly tell that they had used the flu vaccine forms and had just changed you know most of the major wording to covid but that one tiny little statement in the middle they didn't change it so basically i gave consent you know that i would receive symptoms from the in the influenza vaccine but um, get, getting back to the symptoms, the headache started within two hours and I started 
taken ibuprofen. Over the next three days, I just had flu-like symptoms. Um, didn't feel well. On Thursday, I almost passed out before work. I never missed work. So I, I laid across the bed until I felt a little better. I gathered myself up and I went on to work. Friday night, we went out and ate dinner with some friends. And um, we came home and was laying in bed watching a movie. And I tried to get out of the bed and I couldn't use my left leg. It just would not work. I didn't know if it had fell asleep, if I was laying on it wrong. I just, I wasn't sure what was going on. But Friday night, I did not relate this to the vaccine at all. You know, I, I had no idea what was going on. Well, Saturday morning when I woke up, I couldn't use either of my legs. And um, I called a couple of my friends that are all in the healthcare. And um, we were talking about, you know, my symptoms, what was going on. And as we were talking, I just started shaking uncontrollably my entire body was in a full body convulsion were so you, with that were you, were you chilled at that point did, did it come on suddenly or was it come on suddenly but i was hot like i was sweating you know um, my whole body was drenched and i just started shaking and my husband picked me up and took me to the er <laughs> i was admitted and i stayed there for five days with absolutely no treatment whatsoever. They, um, they did a CT of my brain in the ER, which came back normal. They did normal labs. Well, then they started focusing on my spine. They did uh, MRI of my spine and of my, no, they never did my head. They just did MRI of my spine. And I was released after five days because of, um, insurance authorization. The hospital only submitted bilateral leg weakness to my insurance company and therefore they would not cover a five-day stay in the hospital for bilateral leg weakness. I was discharged with a walker. Now keep in mind at 45 years old I'm healthy. I go before I went to the ER I had no health issues. I was not on any routine medicine daily. And I'm no, being no prescriptions or anything like that. I am being discharged with a walker. Yeah. And, and what was the follow up to be? Um, <laughs> I have now seen five neurologists and I am still undiagnosed. I have been paralyzed three times since January, unable to use my legs. Um, I still don't have a diagnosis. They, they tell me it's mental. And it's who, to, who told you it was mental? Neurologists that I have seen said it looks like it might be conversion disorder due to stress and anxiety. I, I handle stress. And you and have no, you have no feelings in your legs. I, they are back. Yes. Is I, it, yeah. is it off and on that, that they're back? Yes, ma'am. I have not lost the use of my legs since the beginning of June. Um, I had actually reached out to the American frontline doctors and was begging for help. And they started me on ivermectin. <laughs> I know that's like 
the drug you're not supposed to mention, but that's been the only thing that has gotten me somewhat normal again. Okay, so let's let's just talk about. Did you have any brain fog? Is because a lot of people talk about the the, the confusion, yeah. the memory, the dis. I don't want to say disassociation, but but it's um. You know, a lot of people have told me that that the brain fog is very real. Have you, have you I, had that? I can tell the same story over um, within one conversation, like some exciting news that I have to my neighbor, who is also one of my best friends. And she will say, Anne, you just told me that. And it will be the same excitement that I had, like it was the first time I was telling her the story. I have memory loss. Um, I am no longer able to function in the medical industry at all. What did you do? What did you do in the medical industry? I was, uh, I managed a surgery center and that's completely a thing of the past. Um, I, have you I, quit your job? Are you on sick leave? I had to, in February, they, they had set me up to work from home, but they were days that I was not physically able to do anything. I was having full body convulsions that would last for hours and hours. And in February, I spoke with my administrator and I said, look, I'm not getting any better, you know, and my mm -hmm. position, position that you just can't be out of work for an extended length of time without being filled. So we made the decision to try and find somebody to replace me. And that position was filled in March. So are you comp you've, uh, compensated at all? No. I've okay. lost that. You've lost no. that. Okay. Have you filed for disability at all? I have. Um, it's a slow process. Right. And honestly, being undiagnosed, I mean, what what chances do I have of getting on any type of disability without a qualifying diagnosis? I've been on seizure medicine. Um, I've been on all types of medicine. And my question to the doctors was, why are you putting me on seizure medicine if you can't diagnose me with anything? And, no and their answer, answer. What's, what's their answer? They can't answer that. The neurologist I just saw on Monday, I've been waiting for that appointment since June. And um, he told us he had never seen anything like this before, but then he completely diagnosed me with conversion disorder and gave me a referral to psychiatrist. Has anybody talked to you about reporting it to VAERS? Has any doctor, I, I mean, is anybody connected to the, to the vaccine sure. itself? Um, so the day I left the hospital, I strongly suggested for the physician that released me to report this to Varys because I believe that it was a reaction to the vax. And she told me that she was going to go work on that. She had never reported, but she was going to work on it. It was never reported. I had to, I was released on January the 13th from the hospital and I had to report it myself on January the 20th. I have got, um, has it been, have they confirmed it to you that it's, that yes. a, I've heard that there's a process that you go through. There, and um, I have a couple of voicemails from them 
and I have spoken with them on several occasions, but they're absolutely no help. I have a Varus ID. Um, I reported it to actually my Louisiana State Health Department reached out to me and was very interested because I was one of the first people to go public with my reactions and um, they've completely ghosted me. They don't respond. Um, the NIH, I was trying to get an appointment with the NIH back in May. Once they got a hold of my medical records, they ghosted me as well. <laughs> Here we are in August and I still haven't gotten my appointment with the NIH. There is literally no help for us out there. Every doctor you go to, it's the same thing. So they have just left you out in the cold is what you're saying. Okay. So yeah. have you, have you gone to, uh, have you, have you tried to get in contact with the CDC? Oh yes. I have spoken with the CDC. I've spoken with Pfizer. Um, I have Tell me about I, that. Tell me about speaking with Pfizer. So I initially filled out a report back in G January and um, I stutter sometimes, I'm sorry. And I right. used to like that as well. It's affected my speech. Um, and they sent me an eight or nine page questionnaire. I filled it out. I sent it back in. And that was a cycle of four times that happening. Um, I had went on the high wire with Del Bigtree and I had told that same story, you know, that I'm just waiting on my fifth questionnaire to come because I'm going to send it certified. And that way I know somebody has to sign for it. And mm -hmm. they have, I never got another report after that. So I wound up, I guess this was probably in June, sending Pfizer an email. And this lady named Lauren called me back and I told her, I'm not asking for compensation. I just need medical help. Your scientists created this vaccine and they know what is causing these issues. And it was like a broken record over and over. She said, ma'am, you're going to have to get with your medical team and let them figure this out. It, that conversation absolutely got nowhere. Angelia, when was that conversation? It was in June. So I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm terribly sorry that you're, that you've gone through this and I, and I, I, I feel for you that you've been abandoned. Um, how is, are you sleeping at night? Do you have the tremor? I mean, is there a pattern to the, to the injuries that you have? <laughs> There's no pattern whatsoever. Um, the end of May, I started getting a little better. And then in the beginning of June, everything came right back. Like at, in January, when I was first injured, I lost the use of my legs again. It took me five days to be able to walk. I do not go to an ER because of the way we are treated. I mean, we get no help. We're basically on our own. So I rehabbed myself with my walker and Five days later, I was able to walk with assistance and um, it was a slow process. Um, I started the ivermectin 
And by June the 20th, I was able to walk up and down stairs for the first time. So in the end of June and to about the middle of July, I was doing pretty good. But something happened at the end of July. There's no rhyme or reason to why our symptoms come back, but they started coming back. And um, I have shaken every day since the end of July. Sometimes I can't even feed myself. My hands are shaking so bad or I try to drink my, my drinks and someone has to help me set them down because I'm spilling it everywhere. Um, there's just no rhyme or reason to why these symptoms come and go like they do. Okay. So do you, I mean, it's hard to have a plan of action if no one's diagnosed a patient, Yeah. but do you, do you have, I mean, where are you in terms of hope, a plan for this? I mean, are you just, I mean, in, in limbo? My neighbor took me to this new appointment the other day, and I was really hopeful because I've had some labs drawn that shows I pretty much have an inflammation storm going on in my cells and in my body. So I've got this new evidence. Look here, you know, this is what's going on. And those labs were completely dismissed. And by who? By who? By who by, by your the doctors at the ER or the, the, the hospital? That I went and saw this new neurologist. He completely dismissed them, told me, oh no, that's not what's going on in your body. And um, when my neighbor came out of the visit with me, that was the first time she'd ever been to the doctor with me because I can't drive. I have to have someone to take me. She actually cried. I had to console her. There's at this point, I don't think there's any hope. We're stuck like this. And until it is acknowledged that we have severe neurological issues, when I when he did that reflex test on me, you know, where they ding you with the hammer, mm -hmm. my laid there limp. They didn't respond. And I told him, I said, the last time I had this done in March, I had reflexes he probably hit my legs 10 times. And the last time he hit it, my leg just moved a tiny smidgen. And he was okay with that. It was not the normal reflexes that you would have. It was over and over of him hitting my arms, my forearm, my knees and my feet. And I have no reflexes. Okay. So let's, let's start from the top of your head. Do you have headaches anymore? Absolutely. Severe headaches. Is there I, a pattern to the headaches? No, there's no so they pattern. Just, everything just comes and goes. So there's no, there's it, no in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, in the middle of the night. It just, whenever you hit the wave. All right. What about your, what about your hearing? I have ringing in my ears. Um, <laughs> I have, I keep the volume up on the TV because my ears ring all the time. And my husband will say, can you please turn that down? And I was like, I've got this ringing in my ears. I can't hear very well. Um, I do is it on one side or is, is it on both? 
odds. It's both sides. Um, I have numbness in my feet. Um, Are they I cold? Are they, no. is, is it like your foot has fallen asleep? Yep. Numbness in my feet, numbness in my hands, numbness. What, in what about your upper body? I mean, your shoulders, your back, your, your spine. I don't have any numbness in my spine or, you know, like my arms, but a lot of times I get a numbness in the top of my head and then the headaches, the, the sharp pain on either side will start. Normally when I have the sharp pains, I know that I'm fixing to start having severe tremors. I do have a trigger. When I get these pains, I know that something bad is about to happen. Mm -hmm. It might be five minutes, it might be an hour, but normally I have to get somewhere and get settled because I know I'm just going to start shaking. How long does the shaking last? It is the longest was 13 hours of full body convulsions, just my whole entire body shaken out of control, sweated down. Um, that was a pretty rough day. Today is the first day I have woke up and I haven't shaken since the middle of July. And when you report this to the doctors that you have seen, what do they say to you? They have no idea. They, they don't know. But like I said, this new neurologist just referred me to psych. And I told him, I was honest. I said, you know, I, we've got to think back to January. I lived a really good life. I love my job. Everything was going great until I took the vaccine. I said, now, do I have PTSD? Absolutely, because of physicians like you that will not hear me or listen to me or give me any help. I told him, I said, when I lost my legs in June, I didn't go to the ER because I knew how I would be treated. I'm being treated the same way that you were treating me today. And all he could say was, I'm sorry, Mr. Sell. Maybe you need somebody to talk to. I, I don't even, my follow-up with him after him doing the reflex test and seeing that I did not have any reflexes, three month follow-up. He ordered no MRIs that I begged for. He ordered no labs that I begged for. He did nothing. Did anybody offer you what is called a D-dimer test? I think I had the D-dimer while I was in the hospital and it was fine. Um, but I have not had a D-dimer test since. <laughs> I couldn't even get normal labs ordered Monday when I went to the doctor. Me and my neighbor both were begging for lab work. He Why didn't. are they telling you they're not going to do lab work? He said there was no need in it. No, no, no. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if they don't know what you have, why wouldn't they do some exploratory lab work? Exactly. And, you know, this group of doctors that did do these labs on me, evidently shows that I have high markers of inflammation in my body. One of the markers, the average range should be below 9,000 and mine is at 61,000. And he completely dismissed all of those tests completely would not even give them 
a look. And five out of the 12 tests were abnormally high. Okay, so are we dealing with doctors who are stupid and graduated at the bottom of no. their class? No, they're scared. They're scared to speak out. They're scared to treat us. They are scared that if they report this, that they are going to lose their license. They're scared. I could tell by the end of the visit, this neurologist had compassion for me because he walked us all the way. It was a pretty good walk through the building to get to the checkout. And um, you could see it in his eyes that he was really concerned, but he's not going to treat me. When I went into the hospital in the ER and they transferred me by ambulance from the ER over to the main hospital, mm -hmm. the hospitalist that was on call that I was assigned to his area met me in my room and he said, Mr. Cell, I heard what was happening. I know this is from the vaccine and we are going to do everything we can to get you right. I never saw that hospitalist again. He never came back into my room. He was completely shut down. These doctors are scared. I, they're seeing all kinds of injuries, but they're not going to admit to it. As of yesterday, I've done a lot of um, stuff with my capital trying to get bills passed for discrimination here in Louisiana. One of the ladies that I've worked with, um, they pulled a report from Veris and there's been over 3,000 vaccine injuries in the state of Louisiana reported. So my biggest step now is I'm, I have found eight of us here in Louisiana. I am trying to get all of us together and get a meeting with the medical director of our state health department and say, look, here we are, help us. Quit ignoring us. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that I know to do. I'm, you know, I'm out here battling and rallying for all of us vaccine injured, while I myself am dealing with symptoms every day. What? How fair is that? No, it isn't fair. It isn't fair. It isn't fair that you have to take you have to take the reins of this. I mean, they they should they should be leading this. Um, but it it shows how how the system is so broken that people aren't willing to do the right thing. I it mean, I, I agree with you. Um, have, have you, and, and I, I, I'm not suggesting this should be a political issue, but have you thought about contacting the senators, the congressmen, and, and yeah. letting them know, like, this isn't working? I am, I'm working with a couple of representatives and senators. It's just a slow, it's a slow process, you know, and the sad thing about it is the slower the process, the more injuries that are occurring. Injuries are occurring daily. So what is your reaction to the fact that people are, I mean, you didn't get the second, you didn't get the second shot. Okay. So what's, how do you take a look at what's happening now in terms of people talking about taking a booster? My honest opinion I don't think the big pharma's made enough of money off of the vaccines. So now they're trying to push the, the boosters just to 
re to get compensation for what they've already spent. It, it absolutely makes no sense. You know, in the beginning, they came out, oh, get vaccinated. It's going to save your life. Then, oh, the vaccines might not be that effective after so many months. Oh, now you need a booster. At what point does it end? So, so if you, would you take this again, knowing what you know now? I have never been anti-vax. In fact, I used to order the flu vaccines every year from my surgery center. And when it come time to get those administrated, we made sure those got administrated. We kept, we followed the paperwork. I will never take another vaccine in my life. I guess you could consider me an ex-vaxxer because I, I used to do all of my vaccines yearly. Not anymore. No. And my family members and my friends are not going to take this. They've seen me go through what I've been through and they're scared. You know, and I think if they wanted to get the vaccination rate up like they do, if they would acknowledge us injuries, it would help people because if you get injured, you are completely on your own. There is no medical help for you. You have to figure it out by yourself. And you know, every vaccine has injuries. Every one of them from the beginning of time when they started creating vaccines, all of them have injuries. They have all been addressed why in the world hide us from everyone? Hide us from letting our medical doctors treat us. It makes no sense. Angelia, thank you. Thank you. Um, can you keep in touch with us? I mean, Bree knows how to get in touch with me and, and let me know, okay? And, and let me know who you reach out to on the Hill. And, and I, I, I know T Todd and I would probably, you know, easily follow up on that and see, because I think it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I know that you as a group, um, I want to give you as much of a voice and as long as you need a voice to set this right. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But I, I think that, you know, the more, the more elevation we give you publicly, I think it's going to help. Absolutely. At some point we need to be acknowledged and we need to be heard. And <laughs> trying to tell us that this is all mental, that's not gonna cut it anymore. We're not standing for that. There, there's just no sense in it. Did you save all your paperwork? Oh, yes. Did you save the, did you save the, uh, the piece of paper when you got the shot? Do you have I, a copy have, of that? Yep, I sure do. I have everything. Can we get a copy of that? Because yes. that, you're the first one that I've spoken to that talks about the fact that it was it was the flu as yeah. opposed to this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there's there's human errors in medicine, but at the same time, that seems to be. They didn't even that they had messed up until I went back to the hospital to report the injuries to the lady that was running the whole program. Right. And um, because they actually gave me my paperwork back and didn't keep it because I had taken the last injection 
in the whole lot. So they were more concerned about getting new shots pulled and they just handed me all of my paperwork. Well, I, I was like, I guess I'm supposed to keep this to, I go back from my second dose and then turn everything in. Well, once they heard, you know, what had happened to me, cause I used to work at this hospital as well years ago, they reached out and they told me to come in. Um, I took the paperwork with me. And when she asked me, have you ever had a reaction to the flu vaccine? I said, no, but why we're talking about that? You need to look at this section right here. And when she read that, you should have seen the look on her face because it wasn't only my consents, but it was all of the consents up until January the 16th. They all signed the same paperwork. They had no clue. I was the one that pointed out to her that their consent forms were wrong. Have you spoken to a lawyer? No, I have not. No. You know, it's kind of, I'm in a really sticky situation, I guess, because I do have a lot of physician friends, surgeons, and this, that, and the other that are on the board of this hospital. And it is a small, even though I'm in New Orleans, I'm still in a small community here. And I just don't know if I'm ready for that battle. You know, I, I do feel like I need to be compensated in some sort of way. But that was literally a human era. I, re regardless, had I seen that or not, that wouldn't have changed my mind on taking the vaccine. You know, so it's something that me and my husband have been praying about. And we're just trying to figure out what the best thing to do here is. Do you feel that you had informed consent? No, no. And matter of fact, I'll send you everything that was given to me that day of. And then you tell me if you feel like that was informed consent. No. It was not informed consent at all. No. Okay. And no one is still getting informed consent because they still have not acknowledged that it's causing neurological issues. So everybody up until today's date are still not getting informed consent. That's just my opinion on it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. All right. I, I will follow up with you later on today. Yeah. Okay. And okay. we'll figure out a way to do this um, to get the documents. Let me take a look at it. But uh, okay. yeah, I, I'm, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. I'm terribly, yeah. terribly sorry. You know, I, I laid in my bed for months questioning God why this happened to me. But as I laid there, I realized the only thing I pretty much have left is a voice. Because that vaccine literally took my life without killing me. So, and I know for a fact, me being so public about what has happened to me, I have saved others for winding up just like me. So everything happens for a reason. And I now know why this has happened to me because I, I have been very vocal and I will continue fighting and being vocal because you can take my life, but you can't take my voice. And I'm going to use it to the end.
Thank you. Thanks for speaking out. Thank you. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, it's important. It it's is. Important.